Good evening, everybody. Welcome to any friends and guests of uh, regular Coro folk. Come to me, says Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. No, it's not your usual Christmas passage, is it? And yes, if you're a Coro regular, um, it should sound familiar. We looked at this passage only a month ago in our Sunday mornings and actually checked with the elders uh, before going ahead with this message because I wanted to double check that I wasn't just seeing things, I guess, through the lens of my own weariness. It's easy to do that sometimes and come to a false conclusion. But as I checked with the elders, my observation, I think, was confirmed. There's a lot of weariness around the place at the moment. Maybe it's after a few years of COVID and then the sort of rejig of it all coming back again. But there's a lot of us feeling weary and worn out. And we'll put on a bit of a happy face and some joy for Christmas, won't we? But it's not really enough, is it? Just here within our church family, we've got a number of folk recently as well as long term suffering with fatigue issues. It seems to be the flavour of the day. Chronic pain endured by many, life-changing diagnoses. And then there's just the ongoing wear and tear of life and work and age. I realise this is my 12th carol as pastor here at Coro, and that means if you were here when I started, you're 12 years older as well. <laughs> and it feels it sometimes, doesn't it? You feel those 12 years. And then you've got to try to fit in the buying all the Christmas presents, and if you're putting on Christmas dinner, you've got to get all that ready as well. There's a fair bit on our plates, isn't there? And it can wear us down and weigh heavily on our hearts. And I don't know if you've noticed, but even in the joy of singing carols tonight, and I've sort of deliberately set things out so that we have a, we've had a bit of time to reflect on some words and what we're singing. The carols tell the story themselves, but even then there's a, not a heaviness, but just a, something weighty, something of substance. I've sensed that tonight anyway. And whilst I'm sure... Jesus would love to sit with each of us or some of us on Boxing Day after all the Christmas stuff is over and maybe nibble on the leftovers and watch the Boxing Day test and sort of put his feet up on the couch with us. That's not actually the kind of rest that Jesus offers us. We might like that, but it's not what he's talking about in this passage when he says, come to me and I will give you rest. There will be a day when there's no more chronic pain. There's no more suffering. There'll be no more crying. There's that beautiful verse in Revelation, isn't there? When God himself will wipe the tears from our eyes. Can you imagine the finger of God wiping tears from your eyes? So there'd be no more. It's a beautiful image, isn't it? That's promised to us in the gospel. That's the hope we have in Christ. But the rest he promises us here in Matthew's gospel it's something we can enjoy today, not just in the hope of the future. It's rest we can have now, rest for our souls. And it's a rest which was lost, really, disrupted way back in the garden. We've heard it sung a couple of times tonight. When that first sin, the weight of sin entered the world and descended upon humanity. Did God really say? And they took and they ate. And they found out what God really said and the weight of that. 
But even in that and all the time since then as creation and we with creation has been groaning under the weight of sin and guilt. There was a promise even back then, wasn't there? There was a promise that one would come and lift that burden from our hearts and our shoulders and do away with it once for all. And that promise is fulfilled in Jesus, the one we celebrate at Christmas time. His entrance into the world, God's entrance into the world in the flesh that we remember at Christmas. He's the one who's promised to come and lift the burden of sin and guilt and judgment. The rest that he offers is rest from having to work out life and love and sin and guilt all by ourselves. And if you're like me, you do try to work it out on your own, don't you? It's rest from not knowing where we stand with God. It's rest from the fear of having a pretty good idea, really, of where we do stand with God. It's the rest of forgiveness. It's the rest of a cleansed conscience. It's rest for our souls at the very core of who we are. And it affects every other part of our being and every other part of our life. So how do we get that kind of rest? Would you like that kind of rest? Well, we get it when it's given. It's gift to us. I will give you rest. It's a gift given freely to us. It's a gift we receive when we come to him, when we take up this invitation of Jesus who says, come to me all who are weary. That's the only qualification. If you're not weary, well, I still want you to hear it. Come to me all who are weary and heavy burden and I will give you rest. Now, if you heard when Tim shared that reading for us, just before that invitation, come to me, Jesus actually offers a brief prayer to God. And it's a prayer of thanks. He's just mentioned these woes against cities that haven't um, repented. They haven't turned from their sin and followed Jesus. And Jesus prays, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. And you've revealed them to little children. For such was your gracious will. Little children, shepherds and sheep and angels or fairies or angels, <laughs> multicolored angels that we had up here. I hope you're listening because this promise is for you. We're all children, aren't we? Not just at heart, we're actually all children of God. And so this, you don't have to be an adult, you don't have to be a big person to get this rest, to come and know God. In fact, being a little child is to your advantage. So listen up, because Jesus is saying it's not the clever ones. You don't have to have a degree to get this kind of knowledge. This rest, this knowledge only comes to those whom the Father reveals it to. We don't get to know the things of God by being clever. We get to know God when he reveals himself to us, which is what he's done at Christmas time. We see him in his son. We see his love. We see his glory. We see his mercy. This, Jesus says, is his gracious will. 
that he would show us who he is. Jesus followed that brief prayer with these words. All things have been handed over to me by my father. That little baby that we celebrate in the manger. The son of God. Grown to be a man. All things given to him by his father in heaven. And no one knows me. No one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father. You can't get to know God unless you're the son. Except anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him to. There's that word again, reveal. Only comes by revelation. And hot on the heels of that word, that no one knows the Father except the Son and who the Son reveals him to, hot on the heels of that is this invitation. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And so just by reading what Jesus is saying here, this rest that he's offering has got something to do with knowing God and knowing him as Father. And it's a knowledge that only comes by revelation. It's not intellectual knowledge, it's relational knowledge. Like if you're married, it's how you know your husband and your wife. Intimate communion together. That's the sort of knowledge. Relational knowledge, communion with God, like Jesus the Son knows his heavenly Father. I was in Kurong during the week, you know, the big Christian bookstore in town, looking for a book on a particular subject. And as I was browsing and not finding what I was looking for, flicking through a number of them, I just looked up and I thought, look at all these books. There's Bibles there, there's commentaries there, there's music here, there's devotions here, there's church living, Christian living, leadership, there's devotions, there's men, women, boys, girls, everything. And I just marveled at how many books there were. But I wondered to myself, as good and helpful as those books are, and I've got a number of them on my bookshelf at home, but for all the help that they are, look at us. Look at the world. Look at the church. You'd think with all that knowledge and all those resources, we'd be a little bit better off than we are, don't you think? That we'd have a little bit more peace. We'd be a little less frantic. We'd have a little bit more rest for our souls. But look at us. We're run off our feet trying to keep up with the Joneses, not Hayden and Merrin. <laughs> Easy to keep up with them. We're we Some of us are weary to the bone. Friends, as good as all those books are, and like I said, they are good, we need to know God, not stuff, not stuff about him. We need to know God as Father. And here is the invitation to do just that. No one knows God the Father except the Son and to anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So come to me if you're weary, if you've got heavy burdens that you're carrying, and I'll give you rest. I will reveal to you who my Father is and what he's like. If you know me at all, you know I like a hit of golf every now and then. I'm a member at my local club in Echunga. It's quite reasonably priced. It's a public golf course. You can go there almost any day of the week and get a hit of golf. Some clubs, though, are pretty exclusive. There's waiting lists for membership. 
and a number of zeros at the end of the price for it. And the problem is the better you get at golf, the less value you get for your money because you hit less golf balls. They're exclusive and you can only get in if you go with a member and you have to go as a guest and even then you've got to pay an arm and a leg, don't you Dave? Yep. This is not some upper class exclusive golf club Jesus is saying, come and come to me. This is into the very Godhead, relating with God the Father and God the Son. Talk about exclusive. If it was a golf club, they'd only have two members, the Father and the Son, and then you've got to include the Spirit, don't you? The Holy One, I mean the Holy One. <laughs> no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. This is an exclusive relationship he's talking about here. You can't just get in willy-nilly. And yet into that exclusive relationship, Jesus then says, Come to me, all who are weary. So into this exclusive communion with God the Father, there's this universal invitation. Come, all who are weary. How wonderful is that? Sinners like me, like you, we only know God and fear him as judge. Whether you're a little child or a big child, how many times do we think of God being like the big policeman in the sky ready to strike us down when we do stuff wrong? And he won't have us back until we come groveling and have paid it back. There's no rest for us in that, is there? No rest for our souls at all. Not until, not unless, the Son chooses to reveal him to us as Father. And that's actually what Christmas is all about. What was Joseph told? His name will be Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will save us from our sins so that we might actually know God and have communion with God, so that he would dwell with us and us with him. So that we would have this knowledge that you can't work out just by being clever. But so that he would show us that God is God. That he is holy. And that he is love. That he does judge and he will not let sin and injustice go unpunished. And he is also merciful and gracious. And in his son there's forgiveness and there's life and salvation and rest for your souls. Christmas reminds us that God has actually come to us first. So that we might come to him. That's what we've been singing about all night. We started with joy to the world. The Lord has come. And that had to happen before we can sing, O come, all ye faithful. It's not on our list tonight for carols, but remember how that wonderful rousing, O holy night goes? Long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth, the stirring in the soul a thrill of hope as the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks 
a new and glorious morn. There is hope, there is life, there is rest to come for your souls. There is joy. Fall on your knees. Hear the angel voices, O night divine, when Christ was born. How do we come to him? When he says, come to me, well, we take up the invitation and we come. We come when he draws us to himself. And we come in faith, in repentance. We come humbly knowing that we're in need and trusting that he's the only one who can fulfill that need. We need forgiveness. We need redemption. We need reconciliation with him, with one another. We need adoption into his family. We need to know him so that we might have rest for our souls. And so that we might have a joy which is not just tinsel and presence, but actually lasting joy. I don't want to be accused of ignoring or glossing over the fine print. Jesus does say there is a yoke for us to carry, doesn't he? Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His yoke is the yoke of true sonship. Trusting the Father, loving the Father, learning from Jesus what it is to be a child of the Father. One writer says this yoke that Jesus asks us to take from him, he says, what can be lighter than a burden which unburdens us? What can be lighter than a burden which unburdens us and a yoke which bears its bearer? He bears us. My time's almost up. So I want to finish with some words, not from a clever academic or a commentator or preacher, but from one of the little children that the son has revealed the father to. Or actually, if you know her, she's a not-so-little child. She's our eldest daughter who likes to lift big weights. She's not so little at all. And I want to quote her tonight, not to be nepotistic, but because quite coincidentally, around the same time we went through this passage in Matthew uh, on Sunday mornings a month ago, she actually sent herself away on a retreat. And the place she stayed at, a little single storage, single room storage container fitted out just nicely for a little retreat like this, in the bush, unplugged, away from everyone and everything for a few days. And it's called unyoked. She was looking for some rest been a big year and in the quietness of those few days that she spent there on her own just sitting watching enjoying good coffee walking enjoying the creation she wrote this it's called unyoked unyoked they call it the tiny house squats behind a golden hill floor-length windows peering at the scrubby trees Horses roam, stars blink, and if you look very carefully, a crimson dragonfly zips over a rock face. Unyoked, they call it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. No heavy phone dragging on pockets, eyes and fingers. No laptop demanding reports, programs and notes and letters. 
The squealing endless city lies far behind with its empty promises of wealth, success and growth. Out here, the river quietly drags through old age stone. The only demand lies in the cockatoo's cry, calling his mate to the curling branch above. The wind whispers through the evening, telling ancient stories to the trees who bend to listen. But how does one find rest? Yes, there's peace, there's quiet and nothing. But how to rest when your very bones feel bowed from weariness and your heart feels it has carried burden after burden through the valley itself? And yet, come to me, he calls. The wind whispering, the cockatoos crying, for rest is promised to those who come to him. Have you heard it, that call, through the wind or the birds or through all the worries and the burdens? You see, it's not just an invitation, is it? Come to me. It's a promise. It's a gift. Come to me and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. And you don't even have to wait until Christmas morning to get this gift and unwrap it. You can have it tonight. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. Why don't you take a moment right now, this night, just stop. Take a deep breath. Let it out slowly. Be still and know that he is God. And come to him. Receive from him rest for your souls. And in that rest, we can sing with gusto the wonders and glory of Christ, our Saviour.